There's a saying that goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. This refers to the idea that it's best not to tinker with something that is working perfectly fine. It implores one not to waste time or energy on something that is unnecessary. And while this may not have an application in every facet of our modern society, nature tends to abide by this idea. Our world is littered with animals that have remained more or less unchanged for thousands, even sometimes millions of years. We could talk about living fossils, such as the nautilus or the lungfish, animals that are leftovers from ages long since gone that are still holding on in edges of our world. But every now and then, nature comes up with a design that is so perfect, so efficient, that generations of evolution have failed to improve upon this design. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Today, we will be discussing such an animal. Welcome to Mythozoology. everyone, my name is RJ Connors, and thank you for joining me here on Mythozoology, where we explore the legends, myths, and misunderstandings that surround the animals that inhabit our world. When I say crocodile, what first comes to your mind? Perhaps it's the giant ancient reptile sitting on a riverbank, lazing around in the hot sun. Or maybe it reminds you of the time you saw an alligator out by the retention pond during your family's vacation to Florida. And I'm sure there are many of you out there that the first word that pops into your head is an emphatic crikey. Well, today we are going to examine some of the popular misconceptions about the powerful predator known as the crocodile. There are 23 different species of crocodile currently identified, and they are found in the continents of Australia, Africa, Asia, and both North and South America. Their lifespan can be anywhere between 40 to 100 years depending on their species. And though they are physically similar to alligators, they are genetically distinct and belong to a different biological family. Though they are physically similar to alligators, they are genetically distinct and belong to different biological families. There are some key ways to tell the difference between alligators and crocodiles. The first distinction is that from above, a crocodile's snout is more of a V-shape, ending more pointed, while an alligator has a more U-shaped snout, with the end being more rounded. Both jaws of a crocodile are the same size, and this results in both rows of teeth showing, even when their mouth is closed. The alligator, on the other hand, has an upper jaw that is larger than the lower jaw, resulting in only the teeth of the top jaw showing. One other way to tell the difference between alligators and crocodiles is that alligators will see you later, but crocodiles will see you in a while. Okay, I'll stop now. Crocodiles have a unique ability to tolerate both fresh and salt water, which helps explain their prevalence all over the world. As I stated in my introduction, crocodiles' general morphology has remained mostly unchanged for 240 million years. The biggest changes that would have occurred during that time 
would be in their overall size that has shrunk over that period. Even so, crocodiles are still pretty massive by today's standards, with the largest crocs, the saltwater crocodiles, reaching lengths of 13 to 18 feet long and weighing over a ton. On the other extreme is the dwarf caiman, which lives up to its name, reaching only 5 feet in length and weighing around 40 to 70 pounds. Crocodiles are obligate carnivores. They don't chew their food, instead choosing to swallow pieces of meat whole. Those teeth that line their mouth are used for hunting and killing prey, as well as tearing flesh from their kills. On occasion, crocodiles will also swallow stones to help with digestion, not much unlike dinosaur species did. Crocodiles have one of the strongest sets of jaws in the world, being able to crack through a turtle's shell. The interesting piece about these jaws, though, is that they are only meant to work one way, and that is clamping together. The muscles of their jaws can't open with the same force. This is very similar to our own hands. If you closed your hand into a fist and wrapped the index finger and thumb of your other hand around your closed fingers, you'd be able to keep them closed with relatively little effort. Speaking of human hands, you can actually hold a crocodile's mouth closed with your bare hands. Although I would never suggest actually trying to do that, if you'd like to keep those hands. A crocodile's body is covered in thick scales that contain osteoderm to protect them. Covering this osteoderm is a layer of sensitive skin that can detect touch. They are one of the reptiles that thermoregulate through the use of their mouth. This is why you may see some crocodiles laying around with their mouths open to cool themselves off when their body temperature becomes too hot. A baby crocodile's sex is determined by the temperature they are incubated at. If it is 31.6 degrees Celsius, the baby will be a male. If it is above or below that, it'll be a female. As you can probably guess, this is starting to impact crocodile populations as global temperatures are rising. Even though crocodiles have been around in their current form longer than humans have even existed, there are many misconceptions that we have about these massive predators. The first is regarding their speed. Many people think that you can't outrun a sprinting crocodile while a crocodile can run surprisingly fast for short periods of time, they top out around 12 miles per hour for only about 20 yards or so. A fast human race walker can match that speed. Meaning, if you're sprinting, you should be able to outrun a croc on land with relative ease. The water is another story, however, as crocodiles can swim around 20 miles per hour. People tend to think that crocodiles are just a giant type of lizard, not unlike an iguana or Komodo dragon. While they do share similar body shapes, the two aren't even very closely related. Crocodiles are much older than most modern reptiles and therefore branched off the genealogical tree far earlier. They are most closely related to dinosaurs and modern birds. Many also tend to think that crocodiles and alligators are basically the same thing, just different species. This goes very much along the lines of the connection between crocs and lizards. Both crocodiles and alligators share very similar physiology, but genetically they separated from each other around 65 million years ago. You know, when the dinosaurs went extinct. To put it in even closer perspective, this was around the same time that the first primates diverged from bats. The reason they still look so similar after that long of a time is because they have a really good body design. Remember, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
The common consensus on crocodiles tends to be that while these creatures are deadly killing machines, they are quite stupid. The first response I want to give to this is that there is no such thing as a stupid animal. Every animal that exists is exactly as smart as they need to be to survive. Otherwise, that species wouldn't be around anymore. But even if we were to compare them to other animals in terms of intellect, crocodiles are still rather smart. They have very complex social structures that start all the way in the nest. As babies, the crocodile's mother will dig them out of the nest and carry them in her mouth to the water. She will watch over them as they grow and will carry them in her mouth to guard them from any potential predators. Crocodiles have sensitive pits in their skin that can help them detect their babies and better know where they are in their bodies. Crocodiles also have complex communication systems using sound, infrared, chemical, and visual signals. A common expression used in our society's lexicon is crocodile tears. Generally, this is a term for when somebody cries or feigns sorrow that is insincere. This may be to get a person's guard down, or just generally to be a jerk. This term came from the observation that crocodiles will shed tears out of their eyes seemingly for no reason. But even though they may be crying, getting too close would still result in anything getting attacked. The reason crocodiles produce those tears is that when they are eating, many times they will swallow a lot of air with their food. As a result of this, their lacrimal glands will produce tears. Crocodiles appear in a few of the children's stories that we have passed down through the generations. As to be expected of the animal, many times they are depicted as the villain of the story. The story of the crocodile and the monkey is such an example. In this story, the crocodile's mother one day demanded that the crocodile bring her the heart of a monkey. The crocodile set out swimming along the river until he came across a monkey swinging in the trees. He asked the monkey how he was doing. I'm hungry, said the monkey. I've already eaten all the fruit in this tree, and now there is no more. Well, you're in luck, the crocodile replied. I'd be happy to take you across the river where there is plenty of fruit for you. Just jump on my back and I'll take you there. The monkey hesitated, but decided to trust the crocodile and jumped on his back. The crocodile started swimming, but instead of going across the river like he said, he made his way to the middle and then down the river. When the monkey asked why he was not swimming to the other side, the crocodile replied, I'm taking you to my mother. She wants the heart of a monkey to eat, and mother will be very pleased with you. Oh, that's too bad. I left my heart back in the tree, the monkey said. If you take me back, I'd gladly get it for you. The crocodile agreed and swam back upstream to the tree he first saw the monkey in. The monkey jumped up into the tree and shouted at the crocodile, You dumb crocodile! My heart is obviously in my chest. Now that I'm back in the tree, there is no way you will ever get me to come back down. Crocodiles showed up in different cultures' religions, being utilized in many different ways. One of the most prominent places they can be seen is in ancient Egyptian culture. There is a god of the ancient Egyptians that had the body of a human, but was adorned with the head of a crocodile. He went by the name of Sobek. He was often associated with both the Nile and West African crocodiles, and would be invoked for protection against the many dangers that may be encountered while traveling down the Nile. To invoke Sobek, many times a sacrifice would be made. What better of a sacrifice for a god with a crocodile head than a giant crocodile? That's right. To ensure safe travels, 
Egyptians would capture and sacrifice a large crocodile. I feel like if you can be safe subduing a top-tier predator, you probably don't need a god's protection. Nevertheless, this is what they did, many times even mummifying the crocodile to ensure the quality of their sacrifice. I guess it's like my parents told me growing up, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Sobek was also associated with fertility, military power, and pharaohic power, but he is mostly known for the Nile and the crocodiles. At the Dutch Museum of Antiquities, scientists made a surprising discovery in late 2016. Within the museum's collection, they had one of these mummified crocodiles. Well, I say one, but it was more like two. You see, back in 1996, a CT scan was performed on the mummified artifact, and it was found that there was not just one, but two crocodiles hidden inside. The specimen sat in the collection until 2016, when it was once again taken out to be examined by their brand new 3D CT scanner. The improved technology showed yet another discovery. It wasn't two large crocodiles, but one large croc with several babies. It was believed the people who originally sacrificed these animals were not able to get a large enough croc, so they just supplemented smaller ones until it added up. No evidence was ever found on whether the strategy worked out for the travelers or not. Crocodiles appear on multiple occasions in our modern popular culture, from being the nickname of several titular characters to chasing heroes of our movies as they escape through the deserts and jungles. Crocodiles have many times served as background or obstacles. More than once, everyone's favorite British spy has had to navigate his way around a moat of crocs to get into the evil lair. One time, he even used a decoy crocodile skin to cover him as he swam through a pool of killer crocodiles. I have no idea how he fooled the ones that were under the water, but hey, it's James Bond, so I'm sure he figured out a way, right? If crocodiles ever did have a starring role in a movie, you can almost be assured that it was as the killer monster stalking and preying upon the unsuspecting humans one by one. Aside from being the nameless killing machine, there is a notable character in the world of H.P. Lovecraft's work. H.P. Lovecraft is most notable for his gothic creations such as Cthulhu. Included in his work is the character of Sebek. If this sounds familiar, keep listening. Sebek is a crocodilian god with a humanoid body. Many depictions of the character give him multiple lower jaws. Sebek was created by Robert Bloch and is first featured in the story of Sebek. He is considered one of the great old ones, and though he is weaker than the other great old ones, he is still considered a formidable warrior in his own right. If you haven't noticed it yet, Sebek is heavily based on the Egyptian god Sobek. While there are many different species of crocodiles located all over the world, perhaps the most unique looking one is the subject of today's conservation conversation. The gharial is one of the longest species of living crocodiles, growing to be around 20 feet long. They are mostly black and have a long, thin mouth. The males of the species have a bulb at the end of their snout that bears a resemblance to the earthen Hindi pot, the gara. This is where they get their name from. These long snouts are specially adapted with over a hundred interlocking teeth to catch fish, which make up a large portion of their diet. 
The gharial is listed as critically endangered by IUCN and are only found in the northern part of India. Their habitat has shrunk to a mere 2% of their former range, and their population has plummeted to an estimated 186 individuals in 2006. Breeding programs and human care in conjunction with zoos located all over the world, including places like San Antonio Zoo, Cleveland Metro Park Zoo, and National Zoo among others, have helped populations start to increase. Their numbers are slowly but surely going up. Along with these efforts, the Gharial Conservation Alliance works tirelessly to help Gharial populations. Their mission states that the GCA seeks to determine the status of Gharial throughout its range, identify its threats, and to establish conservation programs to ensure the Gharial's survival into the future. To learn more about the GCA and see how you can get involved, go to their website at garialconservationalliance.org. Thank you once again for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and follow for future episodes. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, leave a rating while you're at it. The more positive ratings, the easier it will be for others to find the show. Also like the show on Facebook at Mythozoology Podcast. If you have any questions or just want to tell me a fun fact about crocodiles that I didn't share today, you can email me at mythozoologypodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for when the next major episode premieres. Until then, be well and keep learning.